On this episode of Talking Schmidt, I give a UT fan the chance to rebuttal Justin's comments from Tuesday. And another friend of mine will join me to talk about bearing the hatchet from something that happened years ago about a podcast. And finally, in our Schmidt break, Justin and I talk about the new trend that's going on in Rocky Top, Coach Doug's. I have all that and more coming up next. Well, everyone, it's finally episode nine of Talking Schmidt, and I'm joined on the phone for my first segment. We're not wasting any time here. I got to jump into this because I have some hot UT fans right now who are uh, angry at my last segment that I had of episode eight. If you didn't hear it, it little it went a little bit something like this. Justin Kleiner was on with me in the Schmidt break, and he just absolutely bashed UT fans uh, off of a question that was asked by a UT fan. Uh, and I brought a UT fan in, and a UT fan that I trust, and I know he's going to bring in some good knowledge and some good background. John Wilson, we went to high school together. We've known each other for a very long time. Uh, we're fraternity brothers uh, We through college and everything. So, John, welcome to the show. Um, what is your opening remarks for Justin? Well, first of all, Ethan, thank you for having me on. You know, I was really, really looking forward to this when you when you texted me the other night and asked if I'd like to give a rebuttal. <clears throat> and secondly, I want to say Justin's a very good friend of mine, and I uh, I have a lot of respect for him. But he's the type of person who, when uh, when words come out of his mouth, he just truly believes that they're facts. So, um, with that said, um, he, he had a lot to say about UT fans and. You know, that's fine. Um, you know, Vanderbilt fans seem to think that that's a rivalry somehow. I'm not I'm not real sure if you go back and, and look at the history of it. But um, they hold, they like to hold on to the James James Franklin years and, and uh, Butch Jones' uh, last few years. But anyway, um, you know, the first thing I want to say is that I was born and raised in Tennessee. Um, I like to support Tennessee sports teams. Um, Justin was born and raised in Tennessee. Um, and he also likes to support Tennessee sports teams, but kind of where, where I don't understand where he kind of started shifting to the Vanderbilt fan base is, is, you know, Vanderbilt is not very well known for bringing in Tennessee people, you know, which is probably why they can't put more than 500 people in the stands of a 42,000 seat stadium, unless the orange and white are in town or Georgia or, you know, another SEC East team. Um, so, you know, I, I just I, – I can't really pick up on that. But um, the fact that they're even in the SEC, I, I think it's just because of their academics. I mean, there, there's no way that they're bringing anything to the table sports-wise. I mean, yeah, they've won a national championship or two in baseball, but who watches – I mean, who really watches college baseball? You know, they, they lose more money on college baseball than they make. So – it, it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, um, you know, I, the thing that, that gets me is, 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 is these Vanderbilt fans, they, just, they always want to bash UT fans and talk about how bad they are and just horrible people and all this and all that. But the way I see it is, is this little brother that just can't get out of big brother's shadow. And they just can't handle that. And they have an inferiority complex that they, they just can't get over. And any chance they can get to – to try to knock down Tennessee, they're going to take it. But it, it just it, – it's honestly kind of sad is what it is. It, it's sad that they have to uh, they have to come after a, a program that is just far and above superior than them. And really, quite honestly, most years shouldn't even be stepping on the same field as UT, even when UT is awful. So, I mean, 
that'd be my first remarks about it. I don't, I don't know if you, if you want anything else on that, but, um, yeah, that, that'd be about as far as I could go right now. Well, I, to, to kind of push your point here, you said, should it really be considered a rivalry? If you look at the all-time record from uh, starting back in 1892, they played 113 times. It is UT 76 wins, Vandy 33 wins, and five ties. So uh, a 43-win difference between the uh, between the Vols and the Commodores uh, in that record. So if you truly look at it, um, obviously, you know, this is – kind of a one-sided football rivalry. Now, here's my question for you, because I am also, I, I don't hate UT fans. I, I'm not one of those guys. Every fan base, let's and, and you said this as well, every fan base is obnoxious for the team that they that they follow. It, it doesn't matter where you are. Um, you could say it about Alabama fans, you could say it about LSU fans, you could say it about Ohio State, you could say it about Michigan. Um, if you are a true diehard fan, um, you live and die by your team. That's how sports fans are. Now, one thing I have for you, though, is this phrase, it feels like 98, is about to be 21 years old here, right? That's kind of what we're looking at. So in 21 sure. years, it has taken a lot. Now, granted, in that time frame, if you look at UT's, uh, if you look at UT's uh, win percentages and things like that since 98, um, they have, what, one, two, three... Uh, about seven bowl game wins during that time frame out of 21 years. So that's a third of the years since 98. They've won um, seven bowl games. They've lost right. uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight bowl games. So again, though, more than half the time during that time, they have been to bowl games, which is a, it's a good number. I mean, when you truly look at it. But for me, does every season feel, when you go into a season, and maybe it's just because I'm, I'm not a UT fan, and I, I don't look at it, um, I do know when I look at teams that I do follow that I think, I don't know if every year I go into it, I'm just like, this is a national championship season. But it does feel like UT fans, every time that they step into a season, it's a national championship season. Is it just you have to feel that way? Because, I mean, are you going to really say like, oh, maybe this is a Gator Bowl season? You know, is it maybe that that maybe makes everybody kind of upset about it or are fans people that aren't fans of it? Or how do you look at it? Well, I will be the first to admit that there are some UT fans in our fan base that even I find obnoxious. Um, and I think every fan base has fans in their own fan base that they find obnoxious. And also, I just want to say real quick, I've got a lot of Vanderbilt fans, JT Farrell being one of them, who I do not hold the same way as I hold Justin Kleiner as a Vanderbilt <laughs> fan. But anyway, um, at, for what you're saying, the Field Point 98 thing, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of fan bases have something that, like a, you know, a, a rally cry, I guess you would put it. Um, and I, I, unfortunately, the feels like 98 deal has become a rally cry. Um, but I don't really buy, buy into it. I just, I think it's ridiculous just like everybody else does. I, what I will say is that is a program who has a lot of history and whether other fan bases want to knock it off or not and say, oh, well, it doesn't matter what you did 20 years ago. Well, I would have rather done something twenty years ago, twenty years ago, than not done anything at all the entire time I had I've had a football program. Um, so, you know, I would just say I think that it's a way for the, the really really diehards and excited for the season, normally to be very disappointed by week three or four when they play Florida. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, 
I, I just think you got to have something that gets you excited, and that gets a lot of people excited. I mean, and, you know, right now, uh, we were just talking about a minute ago, the whole Coach, Coach Doug's thing with Barstool, it was already big, but it has absolutely exploded since Big Cat took, you know, his virtual Coach Doug's in Tennessee. That tells me we've got a pretty good fan base, you know, that they can even get behind a virtual coach like that. So, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, it feels like 98, like you said. It just – something that floats around. Do I like it? No, not really. But I think that it's also a little bit, like, blown out of proportion of trying to make fun of UT fans because UT kicked people's rear ends for so long that now they got to get them while they're down, you know. So, that's how I would take it. All right, this is going to be a terrible what-if question for you, but I have to ask it. Would you, or I guess a would-you-rather, not a what-if. Would you rather have Lane Kiffin back or Derek Dooley? Well, I would rather have Lane Kiffin. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I was mad at Kiffin when he first left, but I was over it in about probably six months because I get that he, was, he went back to his dream job. I mean, when you look at Derek Dooley – when you got a team that was averaging like 47 points a game and you only win like four or five games, I mean, I don't know how much worse it can get, Ethan. I mean, it, it, it just – it blows my mind. At least Kiffin, you know, if it wasn't for Terrence Cody, they would have beat Alabama that year, uh, blocking two field goals. But I would I would 100%, 100% say Kiffin. If he would have come back before, you know, Pruitt came, I would have welcomed him back with open arms because I think he's a hell of a coach. Um, but in our youth, we make bad decisions sometimes, <laughs> and he just made a bad decision to leave Tennessee. I, I like it, man. I would I would choose Kiffin as well, though Dooley did have a strong pant game, man. His pants were always, you know, pretty his, fresh. His man. pants, his pants were solid. <laughs> um, he he he, you know, we there's a lot of talk about the orange britches now, and Dooley Dooley kind of solidified bringing back the orange britches first because of those pants that he wore. Even though he didn't win a lot of games with them, but still, they look good. Well, before we, we before we talk a little UT uh, football in this upcoming season, what I do want to look at here is I actually went on to uh, I I searched this because I really want to know and uh, went down to uh, I went to the website Saturday Down South. If you guys know that one or not, it's got a lot mm-hmm. to do with SEC sports. Um, and in that, I actually one of the things I researched was the most hated fan bases. Um, and I have a top technically 11 um, fan bases uh, in the in the nation. So I have 11 of those. Um, mm-hmm. Who do you think the number one most hated team is in the nation? I would say Ohio State. Correct. But judging by what our conversation is, I, could, I guess it could go Tennessee. No, it's not. Actually, Tennessee is not in this rankings, or not in the rankings at all. Um, there That's are, my point exactly proven right there. <laughs> there are several SEC squads. I will put that. Um, again, this is by Saturday Down South. Uh, it was based off of a Reddit map that they did. So, you know, it, it's not 100%. Like, not every person in America is being asked because I'm sure there's people who have absolutely no idea. There's people out there who have no idea, like, the runs at Alabama football went on you know there are human beings out there that could care you know anything else about sports so uh alabama right. is on there they're tied for second with michigan um so michigan and ohio state ohio state still topping michigan in that sense as well um hopefully the blue will find a way to knock off the buckeyes eventually um 
Not likely. Uh, goodness gracious. Uh, they, they need something up there. Uh, Texas is fourth, Florida fifth, Auburn six, Texas A&M seven, Florida State eight, North Carolina nine, and Baylor's up there at ten. Uh, the most, do you, who do you think is the most disliked football team in Tennessee? Probably Memphis. It's actually Alabama. Alabama or Tennessee fans that vote. Oh, I was oh, thinking like a oh, school in Tennessee. Out of the schools okay. that are, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Austin Peay's yeah, not on now. there. Let's put it that way. No. <laughs> um, people well, love I, us. Well, I wouldn't, but that's not surprising. Yeah, so well, Tennessee fans. Well, yeah. I'm surprised about the Auburn. I'm surprised about the Auburn and the North Carolina. Really? You know, yeah, I I just don't find Auburn, I mean, unless I was an Alabama fan, I don't find Auburn fans that obnoxious. Um, and North Carolina, like they're a subpar college football. Is this college football or? Yeah, this is this is college? uh this is uh, I believe this is college football here. So, yeah, that's surprising too. But anyway, I just that, that's surprising when you said Auburn, North Carolina. Yeah, so Auburn is up there. It was actually South Carolina, which I could kind of see that South Carolina. Okay. Yeah, when when all ball, when all sense. ball that, coach was there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, that Gamecock cry they do in their home games is pretty annoying. <laughs> So you're on you're on there. You would have voted. You've been like, yeah, let's put South Carolina in this national ranking. I would have said South Carolina. Um, I probably would have put Vanderbilt first, but Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have heard the, heard their fans at a home game, right? Um, yeah, that's true. That's the knock there. Kleiner's gonna get mad at me for saying that. He sees me, so he's gonna say something. But uh in Tennessee, <laughs> the number one dislike team is Alabama. Florida's number two, which is no surprise. There is Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Tennessee is third on the Tennessee fan base, which I just think it's probably people who are I don't even know if they're Vanderbilt fans. They're probably just people who are around Tennessee fans and just don't get it, you know, type deal, and that's yeah. why they don't like it. So, Well, and Memphis fans hate Tennessee, too. Well, there you and, go. You know, Memphis is a pretty large population down there. But anyway, they, they've got more fans than Vanderbilt, too. But, I, you know. <laughs> hey, man, Austin Peay's starting care. to get good enough where they might have more fans than Vandy, right? Is that what we're looking at? I'll tell you what. That's about – besides that and the Tennessee Titans – that's the only two things Justin Kleiner and I agree on when it comes to sports. <laughs> Good. Uh, let's look. It's at not it. my fault that he like he doesn't like Tennessee and, and the St. Louis Cardinals, but whatever. <laughs> he is he does like the Braves, so that is true. Um, yeah. But you know, it, you know, we'll we'll let him slide on a few things that he does in life. Uh, but again, all of his opinions are correct according to him. So uh, let's let's jump into this 2020 season, looking at an outlook. Um, a pretty tough start for UT in, in year three for Jeremy Pruitt. I'm looking at this schedule, man. Uh, Charlotte obviously should be a game that they you know should have in hand. Um, but then I see Oklahoma week two, man. What do you think about uh, kind of starting off against a, a tough team like <clears throat> Oklahoma in week two? Well, and you know, I'll, I'll say this: Will Healy's at Charlotte. So, oh, you that's know, true. He just left Austin P a couple of years ago, and he's the one to turn that program. So that's not going to be an easy game. Um, I, obviously, I think we should win it. But um, the Oklahoma game, I'll be curious. You know, Lincoln Riley's done a good job of being able to just continue to throw out really good quarterbacks. Yeah. And now that Hurts is gone, I mean, I obviously haven't followed them super closely, but it'll be interesting to see what he puts on the field. Um it's gonna to be tough going there, but I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say we're gonna beat them. But I, I think it's gonna be a heck of a game. I mean, when you watch the way that Tennessee finished the year last year, even though you know the back end of their schedule is normally pretty light compared to the front end, um, they finished the year really strong, and they've got some good players coming back. They got some good players coming in. They're not gonna be 
a team that, you know, uh, people are just going to roll over on. And, and I say that as a Tennessee fan who tries to be realistic about things. I don't say it feels like 98 every year. Um, so, you know, it's going to be tough to go to, to Oklahoma, but um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Yeah, I, I, Oklahoma, and like you said, you know, if you, if you're thinking of maybe the Baker Mayfield years or even the Kyler Murray years, and even with Jalen Hurts in this past year, you might look at it and be like, man, this is, this is going to be a game where they kind of just run through. Uh, but a lot of the big names in Oklahoma were drafted this year. When you think of guys, uh, like Jalen Hurts, you think of CD Lamb. Um, you think of guys like Kenneth they Murray. That linebacker too. Yeah, Kenneth Murray was yeah. uh, drafted in the first yeah. round as well. So they had some pretty talented guys. Uh, but, I mean, this is going to be a year where, like you said, we don't know who's going to be at the quarterback. They didn't bring anybody in in a transfer portal, um, at least a big-name guy. So, yeah, this is going to be uh, – it'll be a fun game. I'll say that much. I would love to be there for that one in Norman uh, just because mm-hmm. of – just I, I feel like it would be a, a fun experience to be around it. Um, I look back at the schedule now. They're going to have three home games after going to Norman, um, have a chance to take on Furman, uh, and then they get Florida week four, and they wrap out that home trip with uh, with Mizzou. So kind of a, you know, I mean, you look at those first few games, I mean, you might be able to say Furman should be a win, and Mizzou um, could possibly be a, a, a win. I mean, it should be uh, for UT, but that Florida game, I mean, that's going to be – kind of a game at, or two weeks after playing Oklahoma, you know, you got to hope that some of the, the wounds are licked if they go to Oklahoma and do get beat. Yeah, I, I think that I, – I think I said this last night when we were talking a little bit. Um, you asked me between Florida and Georgia who would UT knock off first, and I'm going to say Florida. Um, not just because I hate Florida, but, you know, really being realistic. Georgia's still far – they're, Tennessee's closing the gap, but Georgia's still far ahead of Tennessee. Um, Florida is has got a good team; they've got a good coach. But I, I think Neyland, you know, granted, we'll see what happens with fans being in the stands and all that. But if things are somewhat normal with fans being in the stands, I really do. I really, really think that they will beat Florida this year. I, I really think that. I'm not just saying that as a UT fan. I think that they're good enough to do it. I think if there's fans in the stadium, that's going to push him to do it. Um, and, and Pruitt's a good enough coach to where he's going to be able to keep them on course in that game with the talent that they have. You know, that's been a lot of the problem in the last 12 years, you know, only beating them once, is we haven't had coaches that could keep the guys focused for four quarters in that game. So, I, you know, I think between in that first five or so games – I'll be completely honest, Ethan. I could see us sitting at four and one after Missouri. Wow, that I mean, that's a I, I like that prediction, man. I mean, I, I do like uh, kind of that that bull prediction. I, I think we're both kind of on the same track that Oklahoma would more than likely be the game that they would lose, just because Oklahoma still does have a lot of talent, other than you know trying to fill in some spots and and just the way that Lincoln Riley plays, man. You're you're gonna have to be in a shootout with them. Uh, that's just the, right. the simple truth about it. You'll have to be in a shootout, and, and a defensive stand could really separate, you know, how that game goes. Um, I mean, looking at the rest of the season, I, I think if you're on track with that one on four and one, they should be five and one against South Carolina. More than likely, five and two against Bama. 
Um, they'd be six seven, mm-hmm. and then going into uh, Georgia, that possibility of rolling into Georgia about seven and two, depending on you know what goes with Alabama and those Florida games. But I mean, really rolling into Georgia at possibility of being six and three or seven and two, that's pretty good at that point. It would be better than what uh, Coach Pruitt had in the season before. Yeah, for sure. You know, they if they were to go into Georgia at seven and two, then they're probably at that point. That's the game that is somewhat deciding who could be going to the SEC championship. Granted, that's if they beat Florida, obviously. Right. Um, but um, you know, I I think one hundred percent they will they will lose to Alabama. I don't see them beating Alabama, even though Alabama's coming to Knoxville this year and Tennessee gave them a heck of a game and Tuscaloosa last year. I don't I don't think that they'll beat Bama. Um but I'm telling you I they could they could be looking at a SEC championship appearance possibility in the face in that Georgia game. I don't think they'll win that game. Um and I don't think they'll be in the SEC championship, but I think that they'll be in the conversation going into uh that Georgia game. Well, I'm jumped I jumped over to uh I jumped over to Georgia's uh uh looking at their schedule to enter this. Um, they'll, they'll play Alabama in week three. They also play Auburn in week six. So depending on how Auburn comes out and then they'd have Florida in week eight. So there's a possibility they could go into that Tennessee game. However, those games fall, they could have a a three loss season at that point going into Tennessee. So we could have, you know, maybe two, six and three squads facing off, which at that point, depending on, you know, if Florida wins or not, or you have a situation where, you know, if Tennessee loses to Florida, Georgia beats Florida. Tennessee still has a chance to jump up if they can beat Georgia. You know, so I mean that's uh, something to look at as well. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because um, you know we've talked about it a little bit Florida, Georgia, and Tennessee. I think are all gonna have really good teams this year. Um, there's probably gonna be another one in the mix. Maybe it's Kentucky. Uh, maybe it's Missouri. Maybe it's South Carolina. As you can see, there's one I didn't mention. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the East is going to be a lot more competitive this year than it has been in years past. Um, and I think that those two or three teams are going to be able to compete with the top tier of the West. Um, I mean, obviously Alabama is still going to be head and shoulders above everybody else. But as we both know, in that conference, people, those teams beat up on each other. Yeah. Um, and – and I, I really, I didn't think the gaps is as separated as it was before. Um, so you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds because I think it's going to be very, very competitive in the SEC East this year. Well, John, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to talk to you, man, about UT football. I'm glad I got a chance to give you guys a rebuttal as well. Um, so we couldn't just Appreciate have that. Justin uh, uh, having his way talking about UT fans. So I'm glad I was able to give you. Uh, just a little bit of time to uh, be able to kind of bounce back. I hope you are down to uh, be a, you know a guest in the future. We can still talk a little SEC football. Um, I'm hoping to get a lot more football talk once we get football back. So I would love sure. to have you back in the future, man. Yeah, that sounds great. I'd do it for sure. All right, well, we're going to head to break here. When we come back, it's it's a segment where I have to squash some beef. I have to bury a hatchet. Um, with a, a longtime friend of mine who had an idea that we were going to have this podcast years ago. He thought it could have been something big back then. We're going to hear his side of this debate coming up after the break.
Hey guys, thanks for joining me this far into the podcast. Don't forget you can catch us on social media. Just head over to Twitter and find me at underscore Talking Schmidt or on Facebook at Talking Schmidt Podcast. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to Talking Schmidt. We're on to episode nine, and in this segment, um, I had to bring in a very good friend of mine who has felt that I have betrayed him. I have put the knife in his back, um, and we're here to squash the beef here. Now, from what I understand, my guest at this time, Eric Turner. Uh, Eric, you had told me while we were in college that we should start a podcast together um, back in, I, I'm guessing, probably around the 2009-2010 time frame. I don't remember this. So clear it up for me. Let me hear your side of the story because I just don't remember it. Yeah, so I mean, we, we all uh, we both grew up around sports and uh, definitely became friends over sports. You were my quarterback back in the day, uh, and of course, you know how uh, bro talk is. You uh, you talk about sports and all that, and it, it developed into hey, this could lead to something. Uh, we need to do a podcast in the future. Uh, you have an amazing voice, not as good as your brother's though. Mm, uh, he, he missed his mark there, but that's a, a different subject. Uh, and we, uh, we always talked about the dream of having our own po- podcast, kind of like, uh, what Barstool sports did. So you're saying that had I have not missed the ship back in the early, uh, 20 teens, if you will, there was a possibility that we could be um as big as barstool uh i would say bigger because uh you you and me together would be greatness well we're i'm gonna try and squash it here so this is this is the moment where we can where we can uh maybe uh unbury the hatchet if you will does that sound like a plan i don't know it's it's uh dug pretty deep it's gonna be pretty tough well, here's the thing. I have some ideas once we get closer to college football season uh, to be more uh, video. Um, uh, I, I feel like we need to have more of a video, almost our own college game day-esque feel without the suits. Uh, very barstool feel, I think, um, during college football season. And I'm thinking I want to have you as one of the main guys on there with me. Um, and I actually passed this idea off to somebody else who had sent me a message uh, I believe on Tuesday, and I was like, "Man, we'd love. I'd love to have you as one of those special guest guys as well." So I feel like we get three good talking heads. We can talk college football and the NFL, do some predictions, have some guest celebrity pickums as well uh, during college football season. I-, I think that would be a-, a good start to this. What do you think? Uh, as long as I can wear mascot uh, headgear, uh, I'm all for it. Well, this is a very low-budget show, so if we find sponsors who are willing to let us uh, give us money to buy mascot heads, there's a good possibility that could happen. Yeah, I uh, I'll work on the sponsors for that. Okay. Uh, or I can use my uh, Memphis connection and and get the headsets uh, here for us, uh, lawfully or unlawfully. Well, let's not break. I mean, I guess we can break rules, but let's not uh, break any laws here. Um, we don't want anybody having to go to 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 you know jail for stealing a uh, a mascot head, of least. 
Um, so one thing I do want to talk about, because I think it's a really cool concept. We're trying to do it. I've done it once. Uh, we're trying to get it on a bigger scale. I'm going to have you as one of the participants in it. Um, for those of you who don't know, I actually enjoy playing video games. It is one of my favorite uh, pastimes. Um, I'm trying to still get back into like uh, having time for it at this time uh, with like the hours that we work and then like still trying to balance like the fact that we're back home and everybody like in our families are wanting to see us, which is a good thing. That means our families love us. Um, but yeah, so uh, Callie and I were trying to balance that. I'm still trying to do that, but we're working on a FIFA tournament. Uh, it would be the second FIFA tournament I've done. It would be on our um, on my YouTube channel, um, which uh, if you go over there, it's under my name. You'll see the Schmidt Games logo. I also have a Facebook page, Schmidt Games, so you can see things that I've done in the past. But now this is an idea. You guys all kind of saw it back here in Clarksville, and when I came back home, you were like, are we going to do this? Um, I'm a firm uh, yes on it. Just uh, I want to do it a little bit different this time around. Um, what is your idea behind this? What do you think? How's it going to work out? What would you like to see from it? Uh, I mean, kind of like uh, FIFA World Cup, uh, how you kind of have the, the round-robin play. Uh, that way you just don't have a really good player playing a, a really bad player at times. Uh, and, I mean, that, that good player is pretty much automatically going to win. Uh, so if you have kind of a round-robin uh, tournament, which will need more players for that. Uh, but you have that, and then that all advance into, uh, I guess, the, the seeding for the bracket. Uh, not necessarily – I don't know if we, we would have to do it as, like, this guy won three in full play, so he's get the, he gets the higher bid uh, for that. Um but some some way some fashion you have a round robin to uh, to kind of place where you're seated on, in the the playoffs or the tournament I, I guess I'm I'm in for it uh, do you are you thinking international squads like I did the first time or are you thinking more of just like um, kind of drawing teams from a hat some of the top teams uh, from around the world. Um, not so much just uh, not the international teams, um, but just uh, you know teams from different leagues. Are you more prone for that and just having a random draw like that way? I put in like you know if we get twelve players, just twelve of the best teams, and whoever draws first uh, has the opportunity to have you know whoever. Are you wanting it more like that, or should we do the world thing again like I did the last time? Uh, I mean, I would say more uh, open to all all good teams on the game because what you run into in international play is you have, uh, what, five or six really good teams, and then uh, there's definitely a different level between those teams and the, the next grade of teams. Um, so if you can get, I guess, 12 teams around the same basis uh, and, and skill sets and all that and, and, and level of skill – then it'd be more of a fair opportunity. Whereas you have that first guy is going to pick the, the teams all 87 across defense through offense. Uh, and then the 12th guy is going to get a team that may be like 82 on defense and then 85, 83, something like that. So of course his team is not that good. That's true. I, I think the random draw would be fun. I think if we had like, you know, 12 teams in a hat, no one knows who they're going to get. It's just kind of the luck of the draw. But obviously 12 teams that are, like you said, pretty close across the board. 
I feel like we could make a, a pretty good um, run because, like you said, like with the international one, uh, when we did that, I mean, we would get you know, you know, China versus Chile, and and you know that you know obviously Chile has a better uh, soccer team than China, so in the end, it, it could have been a good game, but ultimately, you know, it ended up not being a close game. So. I'm okay with that. I, I think doing that would be a lot of fun. I like the pool play idea. Um, I had thrown out around the idea of not recording the pool play and just kind of having us play that so we could decide the seating. And then maybe like if there was a big game within like a pool, um, you know, or like in a group, kind of do group stages, if you will, do four teams and three group stages um, and just kind of have those games go boom, boom, boom. And then if there was one that was like really close, you know, if you had a team that was 2-0 and and another team that's 2-0 and when they played each other, um, which might be a little, it would never happen. Um, I think we'd be what? I guess it could happen if we had like one person play one person and then they, yeah, we could have it happen. But yeah, so if we have that, I think that'd be really cool. Maybe record that one and just bits and pieces of it uh, and kind of do a recap into actually recording it. But I, I, I love the idea. Um, I think we need to do with Madden as well. Uh, I love uh, I love Madden as well, and I think all sporting games really you can have a lot of fun with those, um, and and really get a lot of good like um, just colorful content out of the people who are playing um, through excitement and everything like that. But you know, one of the biggest things I, I think that we can do right now is just kind of keep uh, playing these games because I, it does give people something to watch too because we're still waiting for sports to come back. Right, and then uh, who knows when that'll be? Uh, I know some teams are working, or uh, some leagues are working on it. Uh, it doesn't seem like baseball is going to be uh, in the near future, but uh, I know soccer is, is taking a step forward. NHL is taking a step forward. Uh, I think NBA is taking a step forward. Yeah, uh, and of course, football season—it's uh, delayed. I'm—I'm I'm thinking it's going to be delayed. Maybe shorter preseason. Uh, but same number of regular season games, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, it will definitely give people something to watch in the meantime. Uh, it's not true sports, but it, it is sports-esque. Yeah, and I think it's really cool because I think a lot of these leagues are allowed to be kind of creative right now, too, which is what we haven't seen in the past. So I think that's been really cool to just see, you know, the NHL and the NBA who have had to, you know, they said, well, we're still going to have a season or, you know, at least a postseason. And they've been real creative of it. So I, th- I think that's something we can kind of give everybody kudos to is just, you know, I, I, I like you think no matter what you know, during football season, we're going to have the NFL, we're going to have the NCAA football seasons, but the way that the NBA and the way that the, uh, the NHL have been be able to be creative is just really, uh, really something to admire right now. And I, I think you might kind of agree with that, just hearing kind of the weird formats, but being like, all right, I might actually watch this just because I really want live sports. Right. And, uh, I'm not a fan of long drawn out seasons, so I don't, I'll I'll catch a baseball game every now and then, uh, but when you play a lot of games like that in the NBA, same way. Uh, I'm a, a Memphis fan coming from uh, Memphis. Got the Grizzlies, but they play at eight o'clock uh, most nights. I'm in bed by eight thirty, so right. uh, don't get to see many NBA games. And and something like this, uh, a team can get hot, and it, it'd be exciting. Uh, just because you have that short cycle of games and, and boom, boom, boom. All right, man, my last thing for you, we're going to go into the Schmidt break after this. And uh, last week we had some uh, some uh, some comments from our normal guests on the Schmidt break, 
Justin Kleiner. We obviously you know Justin as well as I do. Um, he had some 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 comments for UT fans. Uh, were you able to hear him? Uh, I've heard bits and pieces uh, of them, and I I can definitely defend uh, his beliefs. Oh wow! I didn't I didn't know if you would uh would stand up with them on it, but I you oh, know no, not 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 stand up to them to an extent, uh, but I will. I will voice my opinion or can voice voice my opinion, but I don't wholeheartedly disagree with him. Wow. I love it, man. I really thought you were just going to be like, no, nah, Justin's wrong, but I, I love it, man. I, I'm sure he's going to hear that and he's going to be like, wow. Um, so yeah, that I'm, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that we're, uh, kind of all on the same page here. What do you, what did you like maybe that he said? Uh, to an extent, like you said, what what did you hear that you were like, I can get behind this? But the the whole the the fans uh, are are what drove Fulmer out. Uh, I mean, it, it was that to an extent, but uh, we're also a, a fan base that doesn't settle for mediocrity like uh, Vandy fans do. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I I don't know if you've ever been to a game in Knoxville, but uh, going to a game costs quite a bit of money and uh you have tickets you have hotel stay you have food you have travel uh and once you pay five six seven hundred dollars a few weekends a year to go watch them lose a, a small school like vanderbilt uh that in the past has had less talent uh less or not as good coaches and and all that uh terrible recruiting classes and you go and watch them lose, and and you get tired of it. All right, man, I, I love it, man. I, I I'm glad that you kind of been able to voice it from that uh, UT fan perspective, man. That I appreciate it. Um, we're gonna go ahead and head over to the Schmidt break uh, after this break here. Uh, Justin and I talk a little bit about a new uh, a new name that has risen in the NCAA ranks, if you will, uh, at least the video game ranks. We're gonna talk about Coach Doug's. Uh, after the break. Uh, catch that. Stay tuned with us here. Welcome to our final segment of episode nine. Now we're officially on episode nine of Talking Schmidt. This is our Schmidt break. I'm joined as always by Justin Kleinard. Justin, it's great to have you, man pleasure to be here as always you know me not not someone to brag and draw attention to myself but uh you know if there was anyone that was ever deserving you know you've got the right guy so again not one to brag draw attention to myself but uh you know it is truly a pleasure each time i get to sit down and explain to you why i'm correct and why you're wrong uh some of those better you know conversations happen off the air uh but uh nonetheless still still glad to be here and uh just just very thankful and blessed to be a part of it What's funny is Justin hasn't heard the first segment of this. He'll hear it with everybody else. So he's going to really love the first segment tomorrow. But let's jump into a few things. One, I have a question for you. Uh, It's from uh, a very good friend of ours. I've known him my entire life since the first day I came home from the hospital. So from my older brother, Cody, uh, he wanted to know, he listened to the last podcast, and he, he wanted to know, how does one get to the point where they can sit in the country club pool drinking a Miller Lite? That's his question for you. Listen, it, it doesn't. It, it you can't do it on your own. You know, I'll say that. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of uh, former, you know, dead presidents on dollar bills help me along the way for sure. Uh, 
you know, it's just, you know, sometimes when your wife wants to do something, that's just what you have to do. Uh, My, can I say one thing? Yeah. Your wife is a saint. Absolutely. To put up with you, your wife is an absolute saint. Listen, listen, <laughs> let, let me tell you something about my wife. Uh, an absolute gift from God. Um, would not, I know, I know I do poke and have a lot of fun on this uh, podcast, uh, but would not be half of what I am today without her. Uh, she, she really does a great job keeping me grounded, uh, which is a very, very difficult job for anybody to do. Uh, and she, she loves me, uh, regardless of some of my, you know, shortcomings sometimes. Uh, but you know, she is, she, she's, a she's my bride and, and she is, she's great. Uh, really keeps me grounded. Uh, but you know, Hey, when your wife wants to do something and you know, sometimes you just have to do it. Uh, you know, the, you know, the, the finer things in life are out there. You've just got to, you've got to chase them down. So Anybody can do it. Let me tell you, if I can do it, anybody can do it. We need to get Cody a wife, is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that would <laughs> make that, my mom happy. It, it would, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent. But sure. a good one, a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to get a good one. You don't want to have to do that. The marriage thing, you want to do it one time, right? You know, it's kind of like Herma Edwards says with a chain. You know, this is what he tells incoming guys coming into the NFL. You only need one. Yeah, that's kind of the thing with a wife. You just need one. Yeah, you know, you, you don't need more than one. You get more than one, it, it starts to get expensive. So, but uh, you know, you, you got to just have one, and you got to keep her. So, but uh, you know, like I said, finer things in life are out there. You've just got to you just got to go get them done. And uh, you know, so anytime anybody wants to join me, uh, you're more than welcome. Won't be there today, but hell, I may be there tomorrow about five. So let's we'll we'll see. Sounds, sounds good to me, man. Let's get into our topic here for the Schmidt break, something that uh, is kind of sweeping the social media realm right now, at least on Twitter. Uh, a, a guy that they're calling Coach Duggs, Gus Duggerton. He's currently at the University of Tennessee on NCAA 2014, the video game. Uh, we got to mention that. So we're starting at this, though, because it's it's, got, it's gotten awesome. Uh, awesome. Barstool, uh, Barstool's Big Cat he he has made just such a great following over this. This has been something that's happened since we've all been kind of been under quarantine. He went out, got an Xbox 360, got NCAA 14. He created a coach, started in Toledo. He had a tr- uh, as an offense coordinator, went to Florida State as an offense coordinator. He went to USC as an offense coordinator, got his first big head coaching gig at Texas so, Tech. All I've heard is USC, Florida, something else there. Are we talking about Lane Kiffin? Or? <laughs> very, it's a very similar <laughs> route these days. Uh, but yeah, so, so and that's that's one thing is, is Coach Duggs, he is a, he's a, he's a journeyman. He's a wanderer. And right now, he's at the University of Tennessee and he is re-signed on for a second season. Now, I know other than the University of Tennessee part, you were enjoying the videos. You were watching them. You liked them. So let me tell you this, uh, and until I knew this was going to be our topic of your conversation, I had no idea about it. I'm just not cultured enough. Uh, don't spend. I'm not a big enough degenerate enough to spend that much time on social media. So I did. I did do my diligent research. Uh, listen, anything that comes out of Barstool is going to be entertaining, right? Um, you know, the the guy who started Barstool. Uh, you know, he's going to have a. You know, get to watch a game with Goodell this year, so that ought to be great. Right. Uh, but uh, I think his name's Dave. And then, you know, Pat McAfee is just entertainment freaking gold. He is great. Uh, so Barstool puts out some great stuff. This is pretty entertaining. Um, this just shows you sports 
And I think we need this more than any other time in our culture right now. Sports is a unifying factor in our society. Um, And there's so many people out there in the media that don't want us to be united over things. Uh, They just don't. And sports does a great job uniting us. And there's a really big gap right now in our society. You know, not only with some of the, you know, the the justice issues going on in the world. I I won't get into that. Uh, We'll save that for another We'll save that for a different kind of podcast. Uh, but, you know, there, there's some stuff going on in our, in our world right now that really, you know, everybody's affected by it. You know, it, it hurts everybody deep down inside. Uh, but, you know, we really miss sports right now. You know, we're, we're right now, we should we should be watching the NBA Finals. Uh, I don't know if it'd be coming on tonight, but I think what Eastern Western Conference Finals will be sometime, what, this week or so? Some like yeah, We should be starting the Finals, yeah. yeah. So we should be, always know, the NBA Finals is right around my anniversary because I remember watching the Spurs and the, and the Heat play in the, the finals uh, in Jamaica while I was on my honeymoon. So, you know, I can always keep those two together. So we should be watching NBA right now. Baseball should have already started. You know, we should be talking up NFL, you know, training camps and mini camps. Those should be coming up right around the corner in July. And instead, we're sitting here. We don't have anything to talk about because you've got millionaires and billionaires with baseball who can't make a daggum decision to save their lives. I mean, you know, you've got 40 plus million Americans out of work and they're over here arguing over damn pennies in the grand scheme of things and it's just really disheartening baseball's going to screw this up they're going to find a way to they're going to find a way to screw the pooch on this one and you know what outside of the atlanta braves i'll be pretty much done with major league baseball after this the nba is bringing a plan to the table that is that is daggum from you know they should have been doing this crap three months ago instead of now the bubble doesn't make any sense like i said on the previous podcast america has pretty much kicked coronavirus's ass and it's time to celebrate and get back to normal. So, you know, Barstool's done a great job, we'll kind of circle back to that, of trying to give somebody some entertainment value. Of course, it is narrowed down to only people on social media, so if you're not that active in social media, you, you, you really don't know that much about it. You know, there are some sports, you know, the Bundesliga soccer, NASCAR's tried to fill the gap, but this with Barstool is really just great comic relief, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, and it does give UT fans another reason to think this is their year, <laughs> and then they get let down again, so that's just the way of it, but they've done a great job from start to finish with this. Uh, the guy looks like Andy Reid. Oh, yeah. I, I even saw a picture of with, with him holding a dang, a dang uh, su- uh, Waffle House menu, which of course looks just like what Andy Reid holds on the sidelines of the NFL. So it, the entertainment value is A+. Plus. Uh, they've done a great job. And again, you know, it just gives a, a, a false sense of, of success to Tennessee fans. And I mean, what could be better than that? Than even in a year where there's not sports going on right now, not only is UT going to have to face losing this fall when they step on the field, but they're having to live it now in the middle of summer when they should be being able to talk about, oh, we've got all these five stars coming in. You know, Coach Pruden, you know, he, he's, he's going to get it this year. This is our year. This is our year. And and they're having to lose a national championship game to Virginia Tech, of all people. Now, kudos to Virginia Tech. They deserve that after, you know, not being able to win one with Michael Vick. So, you know, if I was if I was their, you know, football department, I'm putting that on our website. Yeah. You know, Corona season, you know, 
2019 or 2020, whatever they want to call it, put it on your website. Say, hey, we're the champs. We beat Tennessee. Because <laughs> not only do they beat them, but they blew them out. Which, you know, unless it's 1998, you know, fits the bill for Tennessee. You know, they're just going to suck. And it's great. So not only do I, as a, as a hater of all things orange and the University of Tennessee, not only do I get to watch them get their ass kicked every fall, but here I am, you know, second week of June, and I'm getting to watch them lose the national championship game. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's just awesome. But, uh, you know, Coach Duggard, I hope, you know, maybe he'll get, you know, shipped out of town and go somewhere else and do well, you know. But, again, you know, if Tennessee knows what they're doing, which they typically don't, you know, they'll keep him. But uh, I, I see a way of Tennessee screwing this coach in search up too. I just, I just don't have much faith in them. I just don't. Well, shout-out to Coach Duggs going on and uh... – at least trying to keep some spirit alive in in, in Tennessee, but also uh, just around around the whole United States right now that are watching this. You know, I know you talked about that. There's been, I mean, literally, this has been drawing attention from some of the major media uh, groups. A lot of people jumping on there. Uh, we have like top name reporters who are out there tweeting every move. There was a there was a coach Doug's watch on Twitter when he had the chance to choose where he was going to go for the next season. Well, and you even have you know Kirk Herbstreit chipping in and breaking down the QB play. Yeah. Again, I'll circle back to this time and time again. Sports is a unifying factor in our society, and just how much fun people are able to have with this, it kind of gets you know, especially the people I feel for those forty million people that have that have lost their jobs. Uh, you know, just giving them some sense of normal, some sense of entertainment. That is just really good, clean, fun. Uh, you know, I know they probably drop a curse word or two. It's barstool, so that's expected. Uh, but it's such a great unifying factor, and everybody can get along while they watch it. Me as a guy who doesn't like Tennessee and doesn't want Tennessee to win anything, I can watch it and enjoy it and be entertained. You can watch it and be entertained. And for all those hopeless, sad UT fans, you know, that are now 20 years old, they're going to be able to buy a beer soon. And UT's never been able to win a national title in that time frame. So, sure. you know, that's that's impressive, the fact that you could buy a beer now and never have seen Tennessee win a national title. Uh, so, again, just a great unifying factor. Awesome entertainment from Marshall. I hope they keep it up, stuff like this, throughout the summer. Uh, you know, and then we'll get, when we get back to sports, we'll all get back to sports and we'll all start giving each other a hard time again and uh, just really enjoying it. What do you think uh, about, does this say, with as many people who are watching it, does it kind of give EA Sports that room again to be like, all right, we need to bring back NCAA? Please. Please. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, I, I gave up video games a long time ago. Again, as people who know me or listen to the podcast know I've got a wife. I've got two girls now that are four and uh, that'll, that'll be five and then be two this fall. Um, and I work full time. And then, you know, I spend so much time preparing for our podcast, too. Right, correct. Uh, but I just don't have the, you know, the expandable time to play video games anymore. Uh, but for this year, I know as a kid, uh, Man, I, I liked Madden. Madden's okay. I loved NCAA football. Right, me too. I, I mean, it, it was one of the highlights of my childhood. And just, just being able to watch the graphics on that game now, you just think of how great we thought they were back then. And now you see them and you're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe we thought those were great. <laughs> so, man, they hopefully they can figure something out with the likeness. Listen, if you think college players aren't getting paid, you're crazy. I don't care what level it's at or, you know, what size school it is. College athletes are getting paid. Let's open the floodgates. Let's get EA Sports back in making games. And so everybody can just enjoy them again. I mean, I I don't know if EA Sports will or will do it. I hope they do because, uh, I mean, who? everybody's got to miss the guy at the beginning of the video game. I yeah. mean, 
that, that's like you hear that and you're just like, man, my childhood right there, yep. bam. You know, but things are starting to change, and I don't know if they change for the better. I mean, you know, Elmer Fudd just lost his gun, and now he has to use the Grim Reaper tool, uh, which if you ask me, you know, a one-shot musket isn't that scary because, you know, the accuracy factors and the reloading time, but you got a damn skyf over here that, you know, you'd cut wheat with and the Grim Reaper walks around with, now he's chasing Bugs Bunny through a field with it. He's never going to kill him anyways because it's Disney and they're just too soft to promote violence, but, you know, that seems pretty scary to me, so I don't know what they're doing there. But, you know, so things do change, not always for the better, but hopefully EA Sports can get you know something going with the college football games again even if they don't use the team you know images you know just have you know if you have red or scarlet and and silver you know that's ohio state if you have crimson and white you know jerseys and pants you know that's alabama you know if it's orange jerseys you know it's tennessee if it's that burnt orange you know it's Texas. So, you know, maybe they do, somebody could do something like that, uh, you know, because it is just a great, it's just a great way for guys that do have time for video games uh, to just kind of kick back and relax. And, you know, like I said, I know it was a huge part of what I did when I was younger was playing, you know, those those EA Sports uh, college games. So, great time with that as always, but uh, hopefully they'll do something. Yeah, I would hope that too as well. I was a huge fan of that growing up. I'd love to see it, but I, I do think that what Barstool's able to do and what Big Cat's doing with this is just absolutely uh, entertaining and something that I think uh, anybody who's, you know, we really haven't had, as sports fans, we really haven't had anything to really say, all right, wh- what are we waiting for next? Finally, the NBA announces stuff, but this has been keeping people, I kind of feel, alive for a little bit, just being able to follow this journey. Give, and, give them and some inter- give her some entertainment. You know, when you turn on the news media these days, you know, negativity sells. Uh, so everything is so negative and so doom and gloom. You know, we, we go from everybody's going to die of the coronavirus to if you go outside, you're going to get grandma killed uh, to now, you know, people rioting and looting across our country. You know, Americans are really good people. They, they really are. And we all have more in common than we do differences. And when you see stuff like this, it just make, it just puts a smile on your face because, you know, regardless of your skin color, regardless of your past, you know, regardless of, you know, whether you're a male or female, this is going to put a smile on your face. And at the end of the day, I think that's what's great about it. You know, it entertains Americans. And again, we have more in common than we do different. And, uh, you know, again, America always wins. So anything we face, we're going to kick its ass. And we're going to come out better, bigger, and stronger than before. Well, it's been a great Schmidt break uh, as we end on that strong note of, uh, of unity from our good friend Justin Kleinard. Don't forget you can find us on social media, on Twitter, at underscore Talking Schmidt. Also on Facebook, at Talking Schmidt Podcast. Be sure to give us a uh, subscribe here on Spotify or on Apple Podcast, or if you're listening to this on Google Play for the Android users uh, who are listening and using those, they're, they're out there. Uh, make sure you guys go ahead and give us a subscription on that. Leave a review if you want to. We, we appreciate five stars and five stars only. Uh, from there, though, this has been another great week of Talking Schmidt. We hope that we get you guys to join us again next week.